Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889. Cahan is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. K-Hen and Little Red Hen, just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Welcome, friends, to another edition of On the Rails with me, Forrest Whitman, your host and conductor for this this uh, portion of our rail journey. We're sitting back here in the caboose at KHEN 106.9 on your FM dial, always available on iTunes, always available as a podcast here at KHEN. And um, we are pretty excited. First of all, we want to welcome into the caboose Stu Pappenfort. Hello, Stu. How are you doing today, Forrest? Doing good. Now, we're going to help uh, help you into the caboose. We see you've got a Union Pacific hat on today. I do. That was gifted to me uh, by uh, one of the uh, Union Pacific employees I was uh, working a project with. Boy, that's, a, that's pretty nice. Well, put your feet up. Relax. This, this, is a, this caboose is pretty relaxed. It, by the way, this whole train is pulled by an engineer. Rick White is our engineer. And every once in a while, we hear a noise from him so that we know he's up there in the engine and not dozing off. I, I was just listening. I didn't hear anything this time. But We're about ready to take off here, Forrest. Uh, Juanita joined me today, so I'm excited to have her up here. She wanted to ride with you, but I wasn't going to let her. Juanita... We wanted her back in the caboose. Exactly. We didn't want her up there with you. No, she stays up here for us. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that uh, intro. And uh, amazingly enough, we're going to take off right on time here. Whoa, that's super. That's that's, uh, in a time when so many trains are late. Makes us think of the woman who was uh, said, well, I've got to get off the train. I've just given birth. And the conductor says, oh, my God, this is an Amtrak train. How can that be? She said, what do you mean? He says, well, why did you get on the train when you knew you were pregnant? She says, when I got on this train, I wasn't pregnant. <laughs> Slow train joke, I know. Okay, so let's let's focus a little on... <laughs> I think I think that's <laughs> You're laughing. I, you're laughing. I, I'm glad I, I didn't a hear... chance to edit these shows. I... <laughs> I didn't hear Stu laugh at all over there, but I smiled a big smile. Stu, now you, um, how many years did you interface between the uh, river district and between the uh, 
uh, Union Pacific Railroad? Well, uh, as a ranger, uh, I was pretty much involved with uh, Union Pacific for their entire, my entire career, so 27 years as a ranger. And of course, I uh, interfaced with the railroad a little in the private sector before that as a river guide, because, uh, you know, uh, a lot of train tracks follow rivers. Boy. And Forrest, do you mind if I back this up just a little bit? Um, For our listeners that don't know uh, Stuart, he has a very uh, colorful history here in Salida. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, Stuart, and then we'll... Yes, let's hear about your time. You were the chief ranger for a while. Say a little more about yourself. Well, my name is Stu Pappenfort, and I've uh, lived in Salida, oh, 44 years or better, I guess, and... uh, uh, I had a long career in the recreation industry, uh, specifically the uh, river and uh, rafting and fishing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, private uh, in the private sector for about 13 years as a guide. And then I uh, went to uh, what the guides call the dark side and became a river ranger uh, in 1990 uh, at the beginning of HRA. And of course, uh, uh, one of our partners or one of our uh, uh, people that uh, have a, a, a big stake in the river is the railroad, uh, Union Pacific. And uh, so we interfaced quite a bit with them on many different levels. Yes, and certainly including safety, because we've had some we've had some deaths by um, by freight train here in Correct. this in this region. Yeah. Yes, we had accidents. Actually, I uh, helped manage a derailment. Uh, up in Browns Canyon one year mm. of a coal train uh, that put uh, several carloads of coal into the river. Uh, charcoal filtered it. And uh, actually, it didn't amount to any ecological catastrophe. There was no fish killed due to it. Uh, and so, uh, but uh, getting the train, uh, train cars out of the river uh, was a, a, a challenge uh, way beyond anything HRA could do, and the railroad came in and did a good job of that, but we helped manage uh, media and uh, looky-loos for them. They had a steam crane, I understand. An old-fashioned, big old crane. I believe so. That's been quite a while ago. Yeah, they use some uh, equipment you don't see very often. 27-ton crane. That must have been a huge crane to lift that car up and Put it right back on the track. Wow. Well, the car, wow. Car, the cars themselves are heavy, but when you add water pressure uh, to oh. something that big, it makes it much heavier. Oh, yeah, I think so. I do think so. That, yes. Whew. If that ever happens to our caboose, we'll just, we'll just bail out because we, we won't have time for lunch. Yeah. Well, they, and they made a number of, of, of efforts. Now, in uh, down around Canyon City, you've got three railroads all coming together in one choke point. I wonder, you've, you've certainly got the Scenic Railroad, uh, which is running its wonderful lunch train and dinner train. Very good food if you want to do that sometime. But then you've got Rock and Rail and um, pulling out, you know, lots and lots of, what is it, gravel mostly? Yeah, it's a gravel pit in Parkdale, and they uh, run trains, gravel trains, uh, downhill full. 
which makes them fairly hard to stop. Uh, and they run them down to Canyon City and beyond. And so uh, we interfaced quite a bit with uh, what we called, uh, what, what the company was called RGX. And that's a combination of uh, the scenic rail and the uh, gravel uh, rock and rail. Well, and now, you know, the, the Union Pacific has given rights um, to uh, this new outfit. Uh, I have to say, an outfit we don't understand at all yet. Uh, which is called the, oh, what is it ever called? It's called the something Colorado Midland and Western, I think, sort of mimicking the Pacific. old time. Colorado yes. Midland Pacific. Pacific. So we want, we wonder what they're going to do. We, we, um, I, they, they haven't tipped their hand too much. Um, it's uh, We did talk to them briefly about the old engine house in Salida. The old engine repair house, which just mm -hmm. sits there. Uh, I think it's beautiful. Some people don't. <laughs> it, 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 uh, but they, they have rights to that uh, building. I don't think they could tear it down. I think it's historic enough that they couldn't, although I don't know. We'll have to have to check with Earl Kittleman on that one. But uh, I think probably they can't. But uh, they, they're, they're the ones now. Uh, in control of that building, you 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 know the building we're talking about. Yes, of course. And I was unaware of any uh, new interest in the rail line, so that's news to me. But uh, I've been out of the loop for a, a couple of years, having retired, so uh, I'm not up on the latest railroad developments along the river, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Although you're certainly up on Rotary, we belong to the same Rotary Club, and I'll say, what a hardworking Rotary Club. And there's no more hardworking guy than you, Stu. You're the man. Yeah. Well, thank you. No, it's true. It's true. Well, <clears throat> getting getting back to some of these issues, how how do you see that working out? I mean, the rafters have to walk across the river at some point. They they surely they have to get across um, the grade crossing up near the quarry. Don't don't they? I mean, what? How do they do that? What? Well, uh, the quarry in Parkdale isn't much of a problem because the recreation area has a, uh, a a boat launch on the opposite side of the river from the rock quarry. So, oh, okay. um, our main involvement with the uh, 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 the rock quarry is the downhill train traffic through the Royal Gorge, and as I said, many. Uh, railroads follow rivers because the river creates an easy gradient to with which to lay a track and uh, uh, because uh, there are some pinches in the river sometimes the railroad is the uh, only way around or to scout a rapid if you want a portage or you want to take a look at it before you run it a lot of times uh, getting on the tracks is uh, and technically trespassing on private railroad property <laughs> is the only way to take a look uh, and safely either portage or uh, scout a rapid. And so we uh, interface between recreational groups and commercial rafting companies and, uh, and the railroad quite a bit in the effort to uh, increase train awareness and train safety. Uh, we actually had a, uh, a letter on file authorizing uh, law enforcement at state parks to enforce trespassing 
laws on railroad property every year. And that was one of my responsibilities is to uh, create that uh, memorandum of understanding and, uh, and then uh, do some reasonable enforcement. Uh, you know, fishermen walk the tracks to access the river all over the state, all over the country. All over and, the country, yeah. And so uh, you have to uh, really be kind of fair and allow some leeway in uh, what is the balance between safety and uh, trespass. Well, and that brings up a lot of interesting questions. At least when I'd be in the head end of a, of a slow-moving freight, we'd be moving, and yet people that we almost ran over, or in one case, ran over the back wheels of his little lumber cart, well, they would say, well, you didn't look like you were moving. And what is that an optical illusion? What is it about that? And are you talking? I'm not sure. Anytime I see a train, I assume it's moving. But then I've had safety training uh, produced by the road. Yeah. Yeah, stop, look, and listen. But, uh, I've actually had a report one time of, uh, I think it was the uh, Royal Gorge Line, uh, the scenic rail, Royal Gorge Route, sure. I should call it, uh, where they actually uh, hit a guy's kayak. He was carrying it around a rapid and didn't hit the man himself, but hit his kayak and knocked both the boat and the man into the river. Wow. Well, now, surely your boaters are pretty aware that they're next to a pretty active railroad track. I mean, with several trains a day through there. Yeah, they are. And, and uh, uh, between AHRA and the Outfitters Associations, uh, we've worked out a great relationship with the, the uh, Royal Gorge Route for uh, emergency access and uh, evacuation of injured people. In fact, uh, we placed uh, uh, flags at major um, points along the river where accidents uh, are historically recorded. And uh, we placed those flags so that they could uh, get up near the tracks, not on the tracks, but near the tracks and flag down the train in an emergency situation. And wow. the train also carried, uh, started carrying uh, oxygen and medical supplies and, and stuff to stabilize people during the evacuation. Holy Toledo. That was a great feather in HRA's cap when we worked uh, out yeah. an agreement for uh, safety. Now, isn't technically your outfit, your uh, Arkansas, wait, Arkansas Headwaters River Association. Recreation area. Recreation area. Yeah. Now, that is in a, in a, technically a state park, isn't it? Well, it's co-managed by the Bureau of Land Management, who owns much, much of the land along the river, and uh, uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife, who uh, uh, is also uh, HRA State Parks. And uh, so, yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's a good arrangement. And seems to work. It does work, yeah. It uh, takes... You know, a, a, a bit of interface between user groups to make sure that everybody uh, is uh, operating by the uh, rules and regulations, such as, uh, oh, uh, the photography companies are a good example where they have to cross the tracks to get to the river to take pictures of the uh, boats going down some of the major rapids. Well, they need to uh, actually have agreement and a contract with Union Pacific or Rock and Rail, uh, or uh, the Royal Gorge Route, 
to cross the tracks safely and uh, their boys must go through safety training and also right of access. Huh. And That's so, interesting. Uh, they make enough money taking these photos that they can do all that. About. Yes, they do or, to uh, do that. But uh, several of the rapids, since they sit right on the uh, right next to the railroad tracks, uh, the best angle to shoot a picture is from the railroad embankment, uh, which is uh, technically ra railroad easement. Well, how many, uh, I don't know, how many rafts did you say on a nice weekend? How many rafts go down down through there? Well, they're generous in uh, Browns Canyon. They're uh, a little more restricted in areas like the Royal Gorge. Uh, but, uh, the uh, oh, I would say anywhere from 250 to 500 uh, rafts cow. per day uh, down any one no. section and uh, sometimes there's uh, traffic jams uh, while the rafts wait for other rafts to clear wow. the rapids so uh, yeah so it's a busy river it's uh, one of the most recreated rivers in the United States is that right well of course there's a bit of always a bit of controversy about how much wildlife is impacted uh, particularly herons and ducks and so on get you know impacted by all those rafts and uh, I don't know. I think we're a ways from really knowing what's going on with that. And, uh, and there seems to be water. I mean, you see the water level going up right now. So I don't know. Maybe the drought, the extreme drought in the West has not exactly yet hit this area. Is that your reading of that or? No, I think we're still in a very dry situation. If you look at the uh, snowpack numbers for today's date, uh, we're much below average, and that's due to a early warming trend that we've had uh, in the last couple of months and early runoff. So we're a bit ahead of schedule for peak flows on the Arkansas, in my estimation. Uh, because didn't we always expect peak flow to be Father's Day? I think that's wasn't that sort of the the day that was yeah. when traditionally fibark was planned and is still held at father's day it doesn't always coincide with uh high water levels in uh, average or below average snowpack years uh, uh we'll see a little earlier peak than fibark and in uh really big water years when we have a bumper snowpack we'll see sometimes a peak uh a week or two after fibark uh, that doesn't occur very much anymore we seem to be getting warmer earlier and earlier as our climate shifts. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, well, a lot of these things will change. And apparently uh, coal loading uh, in Wyoming is, um, other to say, no, 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 it's it's down and it's going to stay down. I so, think, I think we'll we're see. moving away from fossil fuels and more into alternative energy all the time. And uh, that's not only environmentally correct, but it's economically the sound way to go to it for the long haul. Yeah. Well, and that hits home. There's a big um, contested election for, of all things, the board members of uh, the electric co-op around here. The, uh, what's it called? The Sangre Cristo. Yeah, Sangre de Cristo mm -hmm. co-op. I mean, you, you never heard of a, of a bitterly contested co-op board 
uh, election before I hadn't anyway. I, usually those things just sort of happen, you know. Yeah, and, you don't uh, usually hear much about it. No, uh, no. Uh, well, oh gosh, we've got several, and we we've got some listener questions we need to get to too. Um, and I, I'd say, well, we're nearly we're 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 winding down on our first segment here. Um, oh, listener question. Okay, uh, what does it take to get a permit from the railroad? That would be a good question. This is obviously somebody thinking of setting up their own little setting up their own little raft. Well, sure. There's, there's and, a lot of different types of permits, and you do that through their legal section. Uh, some of those guys are in Denver, and some of those guys are in uh, their home base in Omaha. Uh, but uh, it, it depends on the type of permit. Uh, for permits for uh, special events, such as FIBARC, where they uh, use the railroad property on the uh, north side of the river in Salida, and they use the uh, railroad property up at Pine Creek to hold the events, they get a special uh, one-time permit they renew every year with uh, uh -huh. Pacific, and they negotiate that. And, and uh, I don't know if there's fees involved. They don't believe there's any fees involved for uh, for FIBARC for that, but they do have to have the proper liability insurance that covers the railroad. Uh, and that used to be one of my jobs is to manage special activity permits and facilitate communication between the railroad and, and let people that are trying to get a, a special activity permit uh, know that they need to have that in place with the proper liability coverage. And then uh, there's the commercial permits for say like not many raft companies have uh, permits, commercial permits with the railroad because they really don't plan on using uh, the railroad property much, but the uh, photography companies and such like that, they have a little more complex agreement uh, with the railroad concerning their commercial operations. So private, uh -huh. non uh, for profit or commercial for profit uh, permits differ. And well, uh, it, well, go ahead, go ahead. people at AHRA are a good source uh, to go to to find out what it takes to uh, communicate and who the people are you need to get in touch with at Union Pacific to communicate. Well, and AHRA, well, you're, the local river offices are right here in Salida, I believe. Right, right, right across from the steam plant on uh, yeah. Sackett and uh, G. They're, they're uh, our neighbors. And... Uh, they're good neighbors. We get a little tired of the boat launch people tying up all the parking places down here. And that, and that leads us to reader question number two, which is, what are we going to do? Are, is the railroad going to move any of the rafting any place from, away from downtown? And I don't know. I'm not sure the railroad could do that. I guess they do own... Well, they do own, they own the river bank, I think, don't well, they? Yes, in some places, the uh, railroad easement extends well into the river. And so, yes, uh, they do own uh, the, the side of the river on a, a lot of areas uh, where the railroad is close to the river. And uh, there's been talk for years about trying to move away from the Coors boat ramp at the end of G Street. Uh, there's been a lot of different uh, avenues explored for locations, and one of 
problem has been uh, on UP property downstream from the F Street Bridge uh, along the river left section. <laughs> and uh, another place uh, that's been looked at and I've heard most recently mentioned by the city is uh, out at Marvin Park, uh, an area out there uh, that would be accessible for boat ramp and or has a, a, a parking lot. Yeah. Parking lot, boy, that's, that's, how are we doing for time there? Rick, do we have you time know, to get I'm, into this? We're doing fine. I'm going to let it run a little long because we've had some um, technical difficulties that have oh, frozen so. some sections. And so I'm, I've got my eyes on it. You got five minutes. Okay. Okay. Oh, good. All right. Well, um, yeah. And that is, and that is the question about the people who are saying now, now, wait a minute. Isn't this a safety? Isn't this a safety issue? I don't know how, how much it's an issue. Don't the, the, the rafters pull up, they pull up in front of my house. So I see a lot of them and, um, they take their rafts off. Then they walk down to the river with their, you know, with 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 their raft, and they do seem to be, they their gear, their dog, their cat, <laughs> really literally their cat, and they they are indeed pretty much filling up the street, which we you assume anybody coming around the corner seeing all that would either stop or go very slow, but not all do. Some, especially if they have a big loud muffler, seems to leave lead to uh, this sort of cutting right through that. Now, can, can the river, can the, the river, uh, we wouldn't call you guys river police. The, I mean, can you step in on, on that sort of situation in some way or? Well, sure, we're, uh, you know, all for increasing access and doing it in a manner that has the least impact, uh, especially on downtown Salida. But, you know, if you're talking about using city property or railroad property or any other non-governmentally owned property by uh, AHRA or BLM, then you're talking about uh, working with those private entities to uh, facilitate or even to lease an area to uh, create a boat ramp. Which would make a lot of sense, it, it seems to me. I was involved in many meetings with the city of Salida and some with the uh, uh, Union Pacific on uh, uh, the feasibility of uh, putting boat ramps uh, away from downtown, but still close enough to town that people can access the river. And use it, yeah. Of course, there's always Salida East, which we always encourage people, and a lot of the outfitters have uh, abandoned trying to use the downtown boat ramp. So it's primarily a private uh, boater issue uh, for the congestion downtown, but uh, Salida East is a very good alternative to launching downtown. Big parking lot. Yep. Looks like a nice, easy ramp. Yep, not a steep ramp. Uh, the eddy is uh, a little bit small, uh, so you <clears throat> need to, uh, if you're coming into the eddy, you need to be uh, fairly accurate, but uh, believing the eddy is really no problem at all, both, uh, both beginning your trip there. Yeah. Fairly accurate, accurate how? You mean you have to... Uh, putting your boat where you want it, when you want it. In other words, oh. hitting the eddy line and getting pulled into the eddy by the currents. So uh -huh. it's, a, it's a small eddy. It's a short eddy line. And so you need to be on a good uh, trajectory to cross that eddy line with your boat. Ah. Otherwise, what? You're kicked back out into the river? 
Otherwise, you either get to haul it up the bank downstream or you get to go to the next takeout. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, that's 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 amazing. That that is amazing. Yeah. Well, and then we have another question about the fatality. Well, I don't know what what we're ever going to do about that. I suppose we're always going to have some. I mean, have we ever had a year with zero? Yes, we have. I, there's been a number of years. That was one of my uh, uh, additional tasks was to track accident statistics and uh, yeah. try to identify uh, areas of issue, water levels of issue, uh, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, high water levels and serious accidents kind of go in hand in hand. And so in the wow. higher water level, le water level years, uh, there's uh, a, a higher uh, instance of serious accidents in lower water years, you have uh, more minor accidents where people are hitting rocks and falling out and bumping themselves and stuff like that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, uh, it's definitely tied to water issue. Getting the wrap it up sign there for us. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, let's wrap up this segment of on the rails as we sit here in the caboose, uh, just talking about a number of, of a rail river interface uh, issues with Stu Pappenforth, um, who, by the way, was uh, the Commodore uh, at least once of the uh, river festivities uh, here in this part of the Arkansas River. Uh, could we, do we call you Commodore Pappenforth? You may, especially on Fibark weekend. Uh, <laughs> I take that moniker. Uh, yeah, I, and, and we have a past Commodores club. We are fairly active in the uh, the kickoff party and uh, the youth paddling program, et cetera. Oh boy. Oh boy. What a fun weekend that is. It, it really is. I don't move my car during that weekend. I just leave it in front of my house, forget it, you know, and just walk wherever, wheel my little oxygen cart. Off I go. Yeah. Bike riding weekend for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. All right. We've got to wrap this. Okay. So we're about to, um, give out a good old highball from the back of our caboose here at the KHEN. So at the county three, we'll do a highball and we'll wrap up this segment, but we'll get on to these other questions. At the count of three, give it a highball. One, two, three. Highball! Highball! Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner.